Hello, welcome to episode 13 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and this week I would like to introduce you to my new co-host, Adam Kersenblatt. Hi, Adam. Hello, thank you uh, for inviting me to the podcast. I... Uh, like me, Adam lives in the Lower Mainland. He's been covering the uh, Vancouver Giants. It's his third, third season covering the team, and during that time, he's... Uh, done interviews with NHL Hall of Famers, coaches, players, and uh, former Memorial Cup champions for multiple outlets. Uh, you can find Adam's WHL work at the Area 51 Sports Network. Uh, and Adam arrives here as a uh, colleague, former colleague of our former co-host, Liz Child, who has had to uh, bow out due to uh, extreme busyness situation with her uh, day job with the uh, AHL San Jose Barracuda. So uh, you can still follow Liz and, and all her uh, WHL predispositions on Twitter at any time. She's still tweeting away. And uh, um, tell me about how you and, uh, and Liz first got to know each other. Well, Liz and I first got to know each other when I joined um, Dub Network covering the WHL during or just before the bubble season. So, you know, in that October, November of 2020 timeframe um, through there, we created a podcast called the third line podcast with uh, two other members of the dub network uh, named Chris and Jess, that podcast still goes on. I'm still part of it uh, with Chris and Jess. Um, but then when we, when the Area 51 Sports Network really started to do WHL, we were the first people to move over and try to create this new WHL website. And the Area 51 Sports Network, it covers more than just WHL, but that's where we're focused on. Um, and that's kind of where I know Liz from. So I've known her for the last couple of years. Uh, I've worked very closely with her for the first couple of years. And now um, I'm, I guess, happy that I can continue on this podcast uh, from where she left off. Um, yeah, and I feel like Liz sort of virtually introduced us as well because I uh, I first got to meet you in, at the U17 tournament earlier this year and she had told me to keep an eye out for you. And uh, yeah, one thing has led to another and here we are today carrying on into the uh, fascinating part of the WHL season with playoffs just around the corner. So uh, lots of fun stuff still to come for the rest of this year. Thanks for doing this and uh, welcome aboard. Yes, um, and I hope I can... No, yes, ahead. and I and I can hope I hope I can uh, bring the same level of knowledge and uh, you know excitement that Liz brought to this podcast and in all her WHL uh, writing. <laughs> Fantastic, we're looking forward to that for sure. Um, diving into this week's episode, uh, we'll start off with headlines and some uh, disciplinary news that has come out of Moose Jaw. Uh, then we'll cover our three stars of the week. Get into the Tampa Bay Lightning as our NHL team of the week and take a look at a couple of impending WHL free agents before finishing off, as always, with our weekly Connor Bedard report. Uh, what's been going on for you over the last little bit? What's been keeping you busy? Well, for me, it's, you know, we just had the Super Bowl on Sunday, so that was a big event, you know, non-hockey, but uh, you got to love how much effort and, you know, promotion that the Super Bowl does. Um, that's, it's, it's always much watch uh, for the year. Other than that, you know, just been watching the Canucks uh, do whatever they've been doing. I, I was at the game uh, against the um, Red Wings the other night, 
and I really don't know what more what what to say about the Canucks effort because it's just it's it's at the point where it's like why go to you know to an extent why go to the games at this point because it's just so clear that they've lost all confidence um and then you know covering the giants a uh, big weekend this weekend coming up they got saskatoon uh in town so that's the last of the non-divisional or non-conference games this year the projection is that samuel hanzik who's been out since the world juniors is going to be back this week potentially um, that's where it's been going. He's been skating the last couple of weeks. So that's going to be a huge boost to the Vancouver giants, um, who are, you know, they're in the playoffs. They're kind of settled into that seven spot, but they can't get really complacent and let, you know, start losing games because Victoria is making a push late season. Uh, Kelowna is pretty close to them. And, you know, right now they're scheduled to face off against the Kamloops Blazers. So while, you know, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, why would you want to face off against Kamloops Blazers uh, in the first round if you don't have to? So we'll see what type of, um, you know, what type of, uh, what's the word? What uh, what type of momentum Samuel Hanzik can bring? Ty Thorpe, their captain, is also injured. So once he gets back, we'll see what happens there. Um, so hopefully the Giants can, you know, refine their footing down the stretch here they got less than 20 games left in the year so this is kind of the crunch time to see what type of playoff team they're going to be so it's exciting all across the whl as these playoff races start to wind down and also we start to see evolution of these draft eligible players because a lot of them start kicking up their game with this 20 game left because they know there's more scouts that are watching them at this time of the year rather than at the beginning of the year yeah, that makes sense too. Um, and so Sas or Saskatoon will be a good test for the Giants this weekend, definitely as one of the more defense-oriented teams in the league and uh, and and a tough opponent. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they've done. Um, I will be picking over from you at Rogers Arena later this week. I'll be on hand to see the Canucks uh, try their best against the New York Rangers and against Philadelphia this week. Um, and last week, I also did a piece that's up on the website on the Seattle Thunderbirds. You talk about formidable first round opponents like the uh, Blazers, the Thunderbirds might not might be even less desirable for the teams that are closer to the bottom of the standings, the way they've loaded up on uh, on talent. And now with Dylan Gunther added to the mix in Seattle as well, um, things are getting more intense than ever. So they're a team that I kind of can't stop watching because I'm just so curious about how the chemistry works with so many stars at uh, at their end of things. Now let's uh, move on to our headline segment for this week. And uh, we're starting with a, a little bit of troubling news out of Moose Jaw, where they announced on the weekend that uh, four of their players have been um, suspended indefinitely pending their results of an investigation. So that's uh, goaltender Connor Unger, defenseman Max Warner and Merrick Howell, and forward Lyndon Lackabout. Yeah, so this is a tough situation, um, especially because there are minors involved with the, the players are some of the players are minors. So there isn't going to be a ton of information that comes out um, over this. So it's not really great to also speculate what's going on until we have all the information. But yeah, these players have been suspended. There's no timeline on the suspension because there is an ongoing investigation into what happened uh, in the situation. But just looking at you know, this from a team perspective, Moose Jaw, these are four 
you know, important players to the Moose Jaw organization. So it will be interesting to see if they can overcome uh, losing these four players. You know, they're, you're losing your starting goaltender in this situation. And as good as Jackson Unger, who's not related to Connor Unger, even though they have similar last names, uh, there is a spelling difference. But, you know, Jackson Unger, he is a draft-eligible prospect, but he hasn't been great this season. You know, he has struggled to an extent. Connor Unger has taken the majority of the start, so that will be interesting. You're losing two of your top defensemen as well. So we'll see if Moose Jaw can overcome this by, you know, with guys like Dante Matejchuk, uh, Brendan Yeager, and Ye Jaeger Furkus, if they can kind of carry the load like they have for the majority of the year and get them over this, uh, over losing these four players. Um, yeah, so Moose Jaw is in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now. It looks like their playoff position is is pretty solid um, as we sort of watch and see how this unfolds. But uh, their first game without these four players, they had the uh, misfortune of going up against Connor Bedard in the Regina Bats, and that wasn't exactly a, a good situation for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it later, but Connor Bedard absolutely ripped them up, basically. Uh, which he has been doing, you know, to be fair, he does that to every team. But yes. this was this was not a good night for Moose Jaw for sure. Um, I know that they do have a comfortable cushion. You know, they're at 69 points uh, through, or sorry, they're, yeah, so they're at 69 points through their first 53 games. Lethbridge has 62 through their first 52. Um, so we'll see if, you know, if that gap is enough to keep them in fourth position. But at this point, they're probably either going to finish in fourth or fifth. So it's more of a, are you going to have home ice advantage for the first round when you play Lethbridge? Or are you going to have to play on the road uh, against Lethbridge? So that's kind of where we're at. You know, Saskatoon, they're at 72 points, but Saskatoon has played less games. And they're just a lot better team. Regina's at six with 53. So yeah, as you did say, they're kind of stuck in that four or five position. Um, I don't project, unless they completely fall, fall off a cliff, which would be very unexpected, um, any of those teams. It looks like they're set in that Moose Jaw, um, Lethbridge first round playoff series with home ice to be determined. Kind of like, you know, in the NHL, like we see where Toronto and Tampa Bay are kind of set in that first round playoff series and now it's just yeah. who's gonna even though there's so many games left in the year it's it's kind of a battle of who's going to have home ice advantage yeah so uh even though the the standing situation is pretty sad it's certainly a uh, an ongoing story and we'll keep an eye on any any updates that come on uh, the situation with these four players and what will happen from here um, on a brighter note in WHL news this week, uh, the league announced on Monday that uh, uh, Vegas general manager Kelly McCrimmon will be their 2022 recipient or 2023, I guess, recipient of the uh, WHL Governor's Award, um, I guess, in uh, recognition of his longstanding commitment to the Brandon Wheat Kicks. Yeah, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, people will know him now as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, general manager, but he has been involved in the WHL for the last 27 years. Currently, he serves as an alternate governor. He used to be the owner of the Brandon Wee Kings, but he did sell it back in 2020. Um, and this is just an award for, you know, people involved in the WHL. 
who have really helped it grow and uh, succeed over their careers. So Kelly McCrimmon started off as general manager. He also was the coach for 13 years. Um, and as we know from his time with uh, Vegas currently, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a very smart and uh, very good general manager. We've seen, yeah, like I said, with Vegas, uh, he's done a lot for the WHL to help grow the league. Uh, he and he is very much uh, deserving of this uh, award. Um, this award also has, uh, you know, some pretty big names attached to it, like Sheldon Kennedy, Ed uh, Chenoweth, Lanny McDonald. Those are some past winners. Ken Hodge also won it back in 2009, 2010. So, you know, this is a very important award and a great opportunity to recognize somebody who, you know, even though he doesn't do a ton for the WHL anymore. He is still part of that WHL family and did help it and has helped it grow to the success that it is now. <laughs> and continues to give Brandon Weeking players opportunities in Vegas too. So yeah. uh, his, uh, his loyalty, I'm sure, is very much appreciated by the players that come through that organization. Um, so congratulations to, uh, to Kelly McCrimmon. All right, now let's move on to our three stars of the week. And we'll start off with uh, the aforementioned Kamloops Blazers, who continue to uh, be one of the stronger teams in the Western Conference. You've got uh, Matthew Seminoff as our third star this week. So Matthew Seminoff, three goals, one assist, eight shots in two games against Saskatoon and Prince George. This is a Dallas Stars 2022 six-round pick. Remember, the owner of the Dallas Stars also owns the Kamloops Blazers, so there is a connection there um, in Tom Gillardi. But Matthew Seminoff, 46 points in 43 games, including 22 goals. He's second on the team in scoring. And Matthew Seminoff is a good player. I really like him because he doesn't really get talked about too much. You have Logan Coven there. You have Olin Zellweger now. You have Fraser Minton, guys like Ryan Hofer. Last year, you had Dylan Garan there. Uh, so he's one of those guys that kind of slips under the radar, but he's he has 56 points in 43 games. Like how many how many other players that have 56 points in 43 games type seasons as are like just kind of ignored when it comes to the overall yeah. talk of the league? So you know this is a guy that I really enjoy playing watching play. I don't really enjoy watching him play against the Giants because he always seems to, you know beat them uh i've watched a lot of cam loose blazers over the past couple years uh so i've seen plenty of matthew seminoff and i think that you know this was a solid late round pick for the dallas stars who you know they're using the fact that they have the connections with the cam loose blazers to an advantage to get a player like matthew seminoff so late in the draft yeah, and there's a situation where the chemistry he already has with Logan Stankoven could turn out to be a carryover when they move up to the pro ranks as well. So uh, um, a good uh, good choice, an interesting player to watch going forward. Um, for the second star, we'll move up to Prince George and another guy whose name is maybe not um, the tip of your tongue when you think of the Prince George Cougars. But uh, this week it was Chase Wheatcroft who uh, dominated the proceedings. So yeah, Chase Weecroft, Prince George, undrafted 20-year-old player here. Uh, four goals, five assists, 25 shots in four games. So they played three against Kelowna and one against Kamloops. But this is a this is another guy who isn't talked about enough. He's leading the Prince George Cougars ahead of Cohen Zemer and Riley Heed. You know, they also have Ethan Sampson there. They got the two drafted goaltenders 
in Ty Young and Tyler Brennan. So this is another guy who maybe slips under the radar a little bit. Um, but this is a player who I really think is going to get a contract somewhere next year. And he'll get an AHL contract or he'll sign, you know, a team will sign him once that free agency window kind of opens up. Uh, and he's one of these guys that, you know, he's not going to dazzle you with uh, amazing puck handling skills or moves, but he's going to drive the net hard. He's going to play, you know, that, that type of game that really opens up for his uh for his teammates and he's gonna and he's shown that he can cash in on the offense um you know it is important to know he did play that they did play Kelowna three times this week and that does you know boost up his point total a little bit but not but you know this was a really well-deserved uh five four goals and five point five assists nine point week for Chase Wheatcroft um you know we the WHL is a tough league to score in sometimes, especially with all of these back-to-backs and four games and six night type situation. But yeah, he really stepped up this week and it was impressive to see. Yeah. Um, and it's not like this week was a, an outlier either. He's actually amidst all the draft eligible players that are kind of dominating the proceedings. He's up to fourth in scoring in the whole WHL now. So uh, um, kind of his last chance to really make an impression and Wheatcroft is, uh, is taking advantage of Prince George. Um, now our first star this week uh, over in Winnipeg, another very dominant team. Uh, this week's star is Connor McLennan. Yeah. Connor McLennan, uh, another player that I've really liked uh, for the last couple of years. He had five goals and one assist, 12 shots on goal. He had a hat trick versus Calgary. So they played Calgary twice and Edmonton once for three games. But this is another guy who, you know, he was drafted by Philadelphia in 26 um, round pick, but he's one of these guys that isn't really talked about too much. He is a player that will most likely end up with the, um, in the HL next year just based off of his age and how he plays. But, you know, this is a team with guys like Connor Geeky, Matthew Savoy, uh, Carson Lambos, Zach Ostopchuk, and it's Connor McClellan who's really uh, stepped up these last uh, few games. Uh, you know, the theme of this week has been really these 20-year-olds who are stepping up, and I've really been impressed with Connor McClellan's game because, yeah, even though he was drafted, He's been getting better and better as the seasons go on. You can tell that he's really um, stepped up his game. In, and one of the reasons is that he's not playing the same opponents every night, which is an interesting factor that had or an interesting trend that's happened. You know, watching these players go from playing their own division and conference to the fact that they get to play, you know, Kamloops, Kelowna, uh, Portland, Seattle, like they get a play. There's more variety in the schedule. And I actually think that that's yeah. benefiting the 20 year olds a lot because we have seen these really strong 20 year olds, uh, not just in the WHO, but across the CHO. Yeah, that makes sense that as uh, their development was kind of hampered through uh, all of the pandemic restrictions, now they're finally getting a chance to kind of play on what is a more typical playing field and A, enjoying it and B, taking advantage of those opportunities as well. Um, that segues really nicely into our player spotlight for this week, where you've uh, picked out a couple of other um, undrafted players who are having good seasons and and could be uh, in the mix uh, for free agency once the WHL season comes to an end. Yeah, so I'll start out in Victoria. Both of these are Western Conference guys. Um, Victoria, Jake Poole, you know, the Re Victoria Royals have had a 
have not been the strongest team this year, but they're really picking it up late in the season and making for a last minute playoff push. Um, Based off of how they played, I would not be surprised if they passed uh, Kelowna, which is ironic because Jake Poole actually came from Kelowna. He was acquired earlier this year for an eighth round draft pick uh, and not even a 2023 eighth round draft pick a 2024. But, you know, this is a guy six foot two, 198 pounds. He's got 55 points in 47 games. He's the leader on that Victoria Royals team. And that's a guy who we could see really get a contract, get an AHL or NHL contract at the end of the season, uh, just based off the fact that he has played so well this year. And I think that the even though Victoria will probably have to go up against Seattle in the first round, and I don't know if that game, that series goes past four games, honestly, um, just based off of Seattle's firepower. But that's a guy who could really, you know, make it clear stake his flag in the playoffs and really impress the scouts on this on on a more on a bigger stage with so many scouts in attendance especially with the games being in seattle um well and that's a situation where if there's a silver lining um if he does get knocked out of the playoffs early then his season ends earlier and he can sign as a free agent earlier and move on to his pro career that much sooner and get more games in before the end of this year right yes exactly um it all in the end, I feel like Jake Poole is definitely a name that team should be paying attention to on the free agent market from the CHL. Okay, and uh, you had a second player for us as well. Yes, uh, Jackson Berazowski. Bar- Sorry about that. He's the captain of the Everett Silvertips. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, really put in the time and effort and has developed all throughout his WHL career. He just scored his 113th career goal with the Everett Silvertips, which makes him the all-time leader in goals for that franchise. Uh, wow. He passed Patrick Bajkov, I believe I'm saying that name uh, correctly, um, who had the record at 112, who played from 2013 to 2017. He's got 62 points in 45 games. He's really helped Everett kind of mask that uh, departure of Ryan Hofer and Olin Zellweger. Uh, overall, he's just—he's also just a really good player. Uh, he's another player that I don't know if he'll get an NHL contract, uh, but I do think that he'll get one of these AHL contracts next year, like we've seen with guys like Quinn Schmeeman or Tristan Nielsen with the Abbotsford Canucks over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, interesting to watch. That'll be something um, once we get into free agent season with the uh, with the junior players and the college players. It's always interesting to see who lands and who signs where. Um, now we'll move on to our NHL team of the week. We are still in the Atlantic division and this week we're going to do the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, none of their prospects are currently in the WHL, but it's interesting when you look at the, um, at the lightning's draft history, even though they trade big picks to compete now and they win Stanley cups, um, they actually have more picks than you'd think. So they do have a couple of guys that have come out of the dub over the last couple of years um and are are in their system so can you tell us about them yeah so we'll start off with nico hootenin who was uh with the Everett silver tips last season this is a player who was drafted 224th overall in 2021 he had 77 points in 65 games and then he also had 10 points in five games during the playoff series against the giants last year uh he also was uh designated as the most goals by a rookie in the whl last year even though he was an older player uh, but right now he's over in uh, Finland with uh, Jakrut. 
Uh, he has 28 points in 28 games. He also played for Finland at the World Juniors. It's, he's a guy who, because he's not in North America, he's not really talked about that much. But just based off of watching him play in Everett last year, you can tell that he does have the potential to have a future in the AHL and maybe get that NHL opportunity. You know, he's also one of those guys that, you know, Tampa Bay, like we've talked about, like you just said, Tampa Bay has this way of finding players out of nowhere. And Nico Hootenden's kind of one of those guys, you know, a seventh rounder who's just lighting up every league that he goes to since he's been drafted. Um, and then jumping over to North America, we have a couple of players over in the AHL um, slash ECHL. Uh, so first we'll start with uh, Gabe Gone uh, Caves, who also, once again, Everett Silver Tip. A lot of Everett Silver Tip uh, mentions in this uh, episode, but he drafted 62nd overall in 2020. He's got 100. He had 120 points in 150 games with the Silver Tips, plus six points in 10 playoff games during his career. Right now, he's with the Syracuse Crunch in 32 points in 45 games, uh, and that matches his total from last year with 70 points. Um, moving on to another U.S. division uh, player who played against uh, Gone Cave quite a bit, Jack Finley, who was with the Spokane Chiefs uh, until 2022 and then was actually traded to the Winnipeg Ice at the deadline last year. He had 127 points in 192 games plus 21 and 30 playoff games at the WHL 57th overall in 2020. He's got 14 points in 47 games with Syracuse. So one of those players who is playing a bottom six role for the Syracuse crunch, uh, who could potentially have a future with the Tampa Bay lightning just because he does play center and he is a big player at six foot six. You know, we seem to notice those bigger players get an opportunity usually in the NHL because they're, they can be fill-ins on that fourth line where skilled players sometimes take a little bit more time to get that opportunity because rather than having a top six role available, they can't really, a lot of them can't really play in the bottom six. So uh, that's something to watch. And then lastly, Jane DeRue of the Portland Winterhawks, uh, dominant in the WHL with 196 points in 207 games, had nine, in, uh, had nine points in 14 playoff games, 147th overall in 2022, uh, or sorry, 2020. Uh, sorry about that. He had uh, this year, he's played in the AHL and the ECHL. He's played 12 games with the Syracuse Crunch, but the majority of his time has been spent in the Orlando Solar Bears, who have one of the best names and mascots in the entire ECHL family. <laughs> uh but yeah, 12 points in 23 games, 22 year old. Uh, he was drafted a little bit late, but this is a guy who plays on the wing. So we'll see where he ends up, but he has, he was really good in the WHL. So I would be uh, a little bit disappointed if he ends up being an ECHL player for the rest of his career, but it, it's, it may be one of those situations where he's just a little bit longer. It takes him a little bit longer to develop. And that's why they're starting him in ECHL. Yeah, and, and as you say, with the, uh, the the development history that the Lightning have shown, I feel like every player they uncover has some sort of limitless potential, and we might not find out about it until he's like 25 or 26, like Nick Perbix this year. Like, where the heck did he come from? Um, but uh, all of a sudden, he's a regular on defense. Um, of course, the Lightning do have um, some pretty strong history of WHL players. Uh, another guy that sort of came out of nowhere was someone called Braden Point that they picked up in the third round um, who fell because he was supposed to be too small to be an impact player in the NHL. 
And uh, given uh, how they struggled without him when he was injured last year in the playoffs, I think to me that really underscores how important point is to uh, to the Lightning's success. Um, they also drafted both the Foot brothers out of Kelowna, Nolan and Cal. Uh, Nolan has now been traded to the Devils, but Cal is still in the Lightning organization and has over 100 games played with them. And then uh, last year when they were loading up for the players, they added another depth guy out of Red Deer, um, picking up Brandon Hagel as their big acquisition from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, he's 26 years old now. And he's a couple years older than Hayden Fleury, who's also in their organization and uh, also came out of Red Deer. So those two were teammates in the dub for, uh, for one season back in the day. And as we make our way into the prairies, uh, another fine segue, it's Connor Bernard time. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, he kind of had his way with Moose Jaws. They were dealing with all their stuff this week. So uh, bring us up to date on where Connor's at. So Connor Bedard, um, you know, pretty good season, I would say. Uh, 48 <laughs> goals in 39 games. He now has 111 goals in 116 games. And he's 20 points clear of Logan Stankoven. And uh, remember, he's only played 39 games because he, while he wasn't in the, while he, when he wasn't dominating the WHL, he was dominating the World Juniors, setting all types of Canadian records as a non-drafted player. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a little bit special. Uh, three goals, two assists, and five shots in his game against Moose Jaw this week. They only played one because the Super Bowl was Sunday, so the schedule was a little bit different this week because no no, or, no team is going to go up against the Super Bowl, really. All the leagues kind of shut down when that's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah just uh, another Connor Bedard performance. I think that's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's why he gets his own segment. Um, so Connor's up to 96 points in 39 games right now. Let's just pause and think about that for a minute. Um, last year, in what was a very good season, he had 100 points in 62 games. So he's only four points shy of matching his uh, his total from last year in, what, 23 fewer games. Um, so is that... Uh, Given that he had five points in his last game and he needs four to match last year, five to beat it, have his new WHL career best season, are we uh, are we going to assume that that's going to happen sometime this week? And if so, when? Yeah, so Regina has three games this week. They have Friday versus Prince Albert, Saturday versus Regina. And we'll count Monday as this week because it's family day and they don't usually play games on Mondays. So we'll, I guess we'll include Monday into uh, yeah. this week's uh, grouping. Um, I, so I think he'll hit both 50 goals and 100 points this year during that set. But my projection is, uh, so on Friday, he's going to get two goals. So he'll get up to 50 on Friday, but he won't hit 100 points because they only have one assist versus Prince Albert. Prince Albert is a very okay. good defensive team. I know it's kind of weird to say, oh, he'll only <laughs> have three points. But I mean, yeah, yeah like we said, he's... He hasn't played. It's very possible he could hit 100 points in 40 games. So, yeah. Um, and then I think that he'll, so he'll tie or he'll get to 50 on Friday and then he'll get to uh, 99 points on Friday. And then on Saturday, uh, I could see him getting a goal and an assist, you know, to push past uh, those uh, numbers. Um, so, 
50. So by the time they get to the midday game on family day on Monday, he should be at, if my math is correct, it, uh, he should be at 51 goals and 101 points uh, by that, by the game on Monday. And, um, you know, that's a game against Lethbridge. That's a very important game for the Regina Pats who are still fighting for a playoff spot. You know, they're fighting for that six, seven, eight, not uh, six, seven, eight spot. So right now that's a key game. Uh, Lethbridge is a good team, but that's a, you know, that's a team that's just above them in the standings. So uh, that family day game will be interesting to watch, uh, especially because it is at that, you know, midday, I believe at 2 PM. So around that mid midday point. Um, and for some reason, those midday games sometimes turn into firework games because players aren't usually, it's, it's a whole different schedule and players aren't a hundred percent awake when the game starts, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the, the day game day routines a little bit different for those midday games for sure. Um, well, I'm always up for, uh, for Connor Bedard record watch. So I'm excited that we've got, uh, more in numbers this week and, and it just, boggles my mind that there's still six weeks less than left in the season and he's going to blow through the hundred point mark at this uh at this stage probably this weekend so uh i will be paying attention as usual for sure and uh i invite the rest of you to uh to do so as well um that brings you up to date on the uh, goings on in the whl for this week thank you as always for listening and thanks um, Adam for joining us and thanks to our listeners and viewers for uh, welcoming Adam onto, uh, onto the team. We're looking forward to uh, watching how things unfold here in the dub as things intensify over the next few weeks and into the playoffs. So uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, enjoy the long weekend, enjoy the games, enjoy the records, and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>